0: I'm Joanne Morrell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the hybrid author podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge your career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the hybrid author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. authors. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. 80 episodes. I've hit 80 episodes and I just think that's absolutely incredible. So to celebrate today's interview is with Brock Swinson and he is an interviewer for Creative Screenwriting Magazine, podcaster of the Creative Principles podcast and author of Ink by the Barrel, Secrets from Prolific Writers. And we chat about Brock's books, his documentary, ghostwriting, creative practice, the Creative Principles podcast, interview skills and brock celebrity interviews with the likes of Ethan Hawke for the Creative Screenwriting Magazine. So in my author adventure this week I have put the picture book out back out on submission just to another one or two publishers and uh it 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 takes a while, actually, to um, submit to traditional publishing houses. You might, you know, some of them ask for different things, but even just to see what is open at the moment. And uh, I actually started to think that maybe the book might be best, might be better represented from uh, Scotland, which is where I grew up, hence the accent. And I started having a look at some publishing houses there and I actually found a really, really amazing one. And I must be blind or something because... I spent time reading through their things and then writing this cool email. Then to see at the top of the, just to see where I was supposed to send the email, right at the top of their um, guidelines page, picture books not, they're not accepting submissions. Or they're not open at the moment, I thought, for goodness sake. So um, yeah, still, still putting the picture book out there. Nothing much else happening in the children's fiction's worlds. And also not much happening on the non-fiction front either. You can still purchase my books, Author Fears and How to Overcome Them, if you are finding your experience, any doubts within yourself or your writing. Confidence fears, external fears, you know, other people, uh, certain events, things like that, and, and many more fears you can check out that book that just touches on some of those and uh and i've, I've gone through a lot of the fears myself so i kind of just share some insights and offer up some tips on maybe how to work through those and uh or anybody who's starting a freelance writing business freelance writing quick tips for fast success is my other book that shares 60 plus quick tips on aspects to place you in the pro position before you've met with your first client uh these ebooks and audiobooks can be bought direct from my website hybrid author com. slash books and all print versions are available on Amazon and through Ingram Spark booksellers, whoever they may be. <laughs> so with the podcast, you might have noticed that Uh, adverts have been switched on if you're a regular listener you know a few episodes back I sort of mentioned it I just went on to listen and I got a QuickBooks advert so uh, an accounting software, not quite um, books but still I think they're trying to be along the lines of whatever so it wasn't too bad, it wasn't wasn't very long so we'll keep going and see how that goes and then Caravan Plans we are still in Darwin which is amazing we're having obviously the odd uh, very humid day it's still very hot of course because it's Darwin <laughs> yeah, we we've just still plodding along here enjoying it we went off to Crocosaurus Cove or something in the city today and was you know just absolutely blown away by the size of the the crocodiles that they have in there they're just massive and really scary and they've got one in there called Bert who actually was in the original Crocodile Dundee film which was pretty cool and uh, we went sort of at the end when we kind of missed all the presentations. We saw some things and I got to pat like a baby crocodile as well, which was cute. Like it's quite squishy. And it was funny because women had its mouth taped shut. And this one wasn't a tiny baby. It was probably... I wouldn't even say medium, small-medium, um, but she's kind of sort of scratching its head, and you should have seen her. It. Its eyes were closing. It was, like, enjoying it. <laughs> and we obviously got to see some snakes, and there was reptiles and the usual. So uh, there's about three of these parks up here, but I think we'll probably just... We've gone to that one, and, and that's fine. Um, but there was these people that were in the, ca- the cage of death, I think it's called, which is pretty much a glass cage being lowered into the crocodiles. One of the crocodiles' dens, I suppose, and then they... Taunted to with food to get it to come closer to them and do all the stuff and we were underneath in the because it's like an aquarium we're underneath in the viewing platform and I got some really good pictures of this couple which are are videos and I'm going to put some on social media not of the well yeah they'll probably be in one of them but I sent them to the couple they were really stoked I think they're crazy but the croc was just massive so and you can't help but just stare at it it's it's just insane and uh yeah so we're here till first week in July then we're Uh, going to Kakadu National Park and making our way across to Cairns. Uh, I say Cairns, but I think because it's spelled C-A-I-R-N-S, but everyone says it's Cairns, so who knows. Anyways, that's the plan, and then we've actually, um, we're going to do a couple of weeks house sit in uh, Mackay uh, for i guess it's a capo and uh the dogs that we're looking after it's two duchans and my daughter's Duchon mad so uh that's worked out quite well and i'll let you know how that goes but obviously that's a while away so If you love the podcast or any of the episodes has helped you further in your author adventure, you can now pay it forward by buying me a coffee over at buymeacoffee.com slash the hybrid author. Let's all support each other. Brock Swinson is an interviewer for Creative Screenwriting and the Creative Principles Podcast. Recently, he's packed all of this knowledge into the book, Ink by the Barrel, Secrets from Prolific Writers, Broken Up into Three Parts, Time, Voice and Process. The book contains advice on every single page to help novice writers become prolific. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, Brock.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here.
0: Can you tell our listeners how you got into the writing and authorship game?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely kind of a wandering story. I started off going to school for screenplays. I lived in L.A. for a bit, doing some commercials and TV and that type of thing. I got the screenwriting job out there actually on Craigslist, which is kind of crazy. So I've been doing that for over 10 years now. And luckily, when I kind of pitched the idea of using some of the audio we had from our print interviews, they said you could have them. So that led to the podcast. And then I wanted to branch out to more than just screenwriters. So, because we were like turning down big actors and directors and some of that stuff. So, uh, called it. So I write for creative screenwriting, but the podcast is creative principles. They are still somewhat connected. And then underneath all that, I've always been kind of doing marketing and different things too, to, you know, pay the bills in addition to writing the books and uh, kind of, I'm trying to break in with screenplays and actually my first uh, making my first documentary now too. So I'm a little all over the place, but really enjoying multiple facets of creativity.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's funny how things come full circle. And I think in the creative space, you know, nothing's set in stone. And if you have an idea for one thing, it sort of snowballs into another, like you said, it's all kind of, uh, you know, yeah. joining together. So the documentary sounds fantastic.
1: Yeah, so it's actually, um, I kind of see, you know, I talked to a lot of screenwriters, and I kind of see screenwriting and stunt performers as like two of the overlooked aspects of movie making. So I kind of had this idea, and I've always been obsessed with Jackie Chan movies and some of that stuff. So the idea is like the history of stunts over time, over a hundred years, starting with Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin and going all the way to Zoe Bell, who I think is from New Zealand. Um, and then kind of up to today with Keanu Reeves, and of course, all the actual stunt people behind that. So it's it's called Daredevil Society, and it's like a hundred years of stunts in Hollywood is, is the big idea. It'll be like an eight-episode series next year.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. That sounds really interesting. <laughs> I'm yeah. not into really all that, but I think that's, uh, you know, I like to learn about the history and stuff, especially Jackie yeah. Chan. He's just amazing, isn't he? he flies through the air, so. <laughs> yeah, so
1: yeah. got still got movies coming out, I think. So.
0: Yeah, I know, I don't even know how old he is now, but he doesn't seem to age. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I take it, obviously, all the things you've been doing, you know, you've just put into Ink by the Barrel, Secrets from pl- Prolific Writers, the book. Tell us about that, you know, the premise behind that. How has this come about? And yeah, what's that about?
1: Yeah, it kind of started, you know, during the pandemic is when I started writing the book. I, I spent a little time, I wrote it pretty quick and then did some rewrites. And I would say half of it's based on like my first 200 interviews or so from the podcast, so a lot of screenwriting advice. But really, I see it as kind of helping everyone. I mean, all advice about being prolific is, is good for all writers. I actually kind of used it to create a prolific challenge recently. We just had a thousand people do my first like 30 day challenge. It was free. I kind of just taught everybody some lessons from the book and it's based on screenplays or screenwriting. And then also like a lot of books that I've read from people like Ryan Holiday and people who write on writing and discipline and creating your environment to write more and kind of all those big ideas.
0: Wow, that's cool. Have you, so you've obviously done all these interviews and you've gained a lot of information. Have you quoted people in the book or is this sort of your own take on it, the information you've received and you've implemented it and put your spin on it or?
1: Yeah, I would say it's, it's like mostly quotes. And what I mean by that is like I use actually Ron Holiday's note card system. It's kind of lots of people use it, but I usually have a stack of like 500 note cards. I'll piece those together and then see kind of how I can create new ideas off of those. So I try to reference the actual quote as much as I can. And then it's actually easy from the writing process. As far as nonfiction, you're just kind of filling the pieces in note to note. And that led me to kind of break. So ink by the barrel, the origin of that. There's a there's an old expression. You never quarrel with a man who buys his ink by the barrel and what that means is don't argue with the press but the the spin that I'm taking is buy your ink by the barrel learn to be a prolific writer. I really believe that you get to the quality through the quantity. That doesn't mean you have to publish everything. So many writers tell me they have five terrible drafts of something in their drawer and that's fine that's something you kind of get through. but the book itself is, is based on all that and it's broken up into three parts time, voice, and process. So you defend your time, you find your voice, and you develop your process. And that's kind of the almost like surefire route. And even within that, some ideas in the book may like contradict each other because there's so much advice in there and not even going to write the same. And honestly, if you write your entire life, you're probably not going to write the same five years from now as you do now. So I really like to think a lot about writing up until you're a hundred years old or more and like how you can do it and, and think about it that way.
0: Yeah, no, that's amazing. And I absolutely agree with those three sort of categories. It's something that I talk about myself because I find – uh, it's funny you say Like five manuscripts In a drawer I think I've got the same I don't think they're crap though <laughs> um, <laughs> But I can tell They've needed to Sort of sit there And have It's more the storylines In them can tell, It's funny when you Put something in a drawer And you leave it To have space And then you can go back to it And you can kind of see Blindly what's wrong with it But you spend so much time With something Like years And uh, yeah. I just I just don't have it in me To to revisit these stories That I've spent so much time I'm just like Oh shit I can't go back there <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> (laughs) Uh, yeah I've noticed with my process uh, I was very much sit down and just go with the flow and see what comes out but now um, you know doing it professionally and things it's it's trying to find out what my process is so I can identify that and try and get a bit quicker because I'm pretty slow pretty slow writer I'm not sure about yourself but so voice is a big big thing that you know takes a while to kind of grasp as well when you're starting out
1: yeah I think I think some of that I mean the I think the quote is, "It's either like five bad screenplays or seven bad screenplays? I think it's more about, it maybe takes that long to learn the craft. But the first one I sent out got a little bit of attention, but I think it's more like kind of the combo is you're finding your voice. And if you look back to some films like Parasite that won the Oscar a few years ago, that was like his seventh or eighth film. And they're all about class warfare. He's obsessed with that theme. So I think like you could say he perfected it with that film and, I think a lot of writers write about the same idea and they just come at it from a dozen different ways, you know.
0: Yeah. Till it takes off. (laughs) Till till one sticks. (laughs) Right. Right. Oh, well, that's amazing. So do you feel with all your interviews uh, with the creative screenwriting and the podcast, do you feel that's helped your process and your voice and, and get to where you are now?
1: I think so. And part of it is like a, you know, a sounding board for your own interest. So whenever I'm thinking about something odd, like, oh, I'm stuck in act two in this subgenre of horror movie or something like that, I can go find somebody and ask them something really super specific that might only apply to me. I mean, that's something that's only like, you know, five percent of the podcast, but it's always beneficial though. I'm sure you know, like talking to everyone, you know, most people are gonna listen to the bigger names on my show, like Ethan Hawke or Aaron Sorkin or some of those guys. But if you want to break in, like to whatever and I try to talk to a lot of people like sports columnists and screenwriters new authors indie authors chefs musicians whatever if you're trying to break in you should be listening to the person who just broke in not the person who's been around so long they have no idea what marketing is anymore uh, i kind of I heard james patterson say something like don't worry about marketing but today like he has no concept of what that means the, everything is so drastically different You should be listening to people who are like maybe just one or two levels ahead of you. And I find like some of that's the most beneficial um, across the board from who I talk to.
0: Absolutely, because the industry changes so much, doesn't it? So, yeah, someone who's established has probably lost touch with with that beginner's, um, I'm not even going to say luck, but uh, yeah. How was uh, interviewing Ethan Hawke? What was he like?
1: It was great. That one was like a big surprise. He did this show called The Lord Bird, and uh, this was set up to interview. He was a co-creator. And I was interviewing his writing partner at the last minute. They emailed me saying, hey, can Ethan join? I was like, well, of course, Ethan can join. That's <laughs> <Hell> amazing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah! So I got
1: to talk to him about the whole part. They, they adapted this book. And some of those where they're a little more famous, I get really into the nitty gritty of that project because they've been interviewed so many times. Whereas someone newer, I want to know more about their origin story and things people don't know. So those I do like to dig in really specifically to whatever that project is, where I try to be more evergreen with most of my content, just so it's kind of always valuable. And that's why it kind of works so well in book form for, you know, long-term, but yeah, I got to ask him some creative questions and, you know, he told me some things about, uh, he did this Ted talk about creativity a couple of years before I I think I spoke to him and I don't know. He was just very, he seemed very open-minded about the entire process. He seems very willing to change and adapt and move on to new things. I think that's what made his career last as long as it has.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He's he's in a lot of different things. Yeah, uh, I think forever, I just wa- yeah. watched him in the is it Black Phone? It's probably a bit old now. The the oh, horror yeah, movie, yeah. which yeah, 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 unrecognizable apart from obviously the name. And I was just like, oh yeah, it's not his usual usual um roles, yeah. but yeah, he was pretty good in that. So well, so what? Yeah. Sorry, what came first? Was it the creative screenwriting, and then you started the Creative Principles podcast?
1: Yeah, I done the mm-hmm. I'd writing for the magazine a couple of years yeah. and I said like, "Hey, why don't we use this audio?" and they just kind of let me use it, which was amazing. Mm. So yeah, that was So it's been around maybe 5 years, but we're yeah. over 400 episodes. So uh, I did some before that that were not there, and then recently, you know, with the pandemic and stuff, we've kind of used moved to video. So I am doing some little teasers and stuff on Instagram and some of the social sites where I didn't really do that before. So some of that's kind of new.
0: Mm, yeah, that's amazing. So were you like recording the interviews for the magazine, and that's yeah. what you were using for for that?
1: Oh, yeah. So cool. now it's like Zoom and stuff, like we're doing now. Uh, way yeah. back when, like when you know, I was I, I was working a full time sales job, and I was talking to. I was going to interview Aaron Sorkin who wrote The West Wing. This was a huge interview for me. I'm like, I'm, you know, a big fan of his work and everything else. It, Molly's Game was coming out. So this was 2017. And I still had this job, so I was doing these on my phone. I would go take my lunch break and interview someone like that in my car and I would just kind of go through the questions and just kind of make it work, you know. So, uh a little a little bit's changed since then. I feel like I'm I feel like that one. You're just like going through the questions. Where now, like I really don't even prep. I kind of just like have a conversation with people.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably showing how you've grown, I suppose, as a as an interviewer and things like that. Yeah. Same as myself. I I like to send the questions as a a sort of guide for things that I want to ask. Um, and yeah, yeah I do. I do think of the audience. Uh, with with some some sort of more beginnery things but then there's other people target and, and uh, yeah exactly that you get to say what you want to say which is good but sometimes yeah. you can be a bit I'd be a bit awestruck I think if there was somebody famous <laughs> I'd just be like read <laughs> it <you know>, maybe <laughs> reading through the questions or something so yeah so how how has publishing ink by the barrel been for you in terms of this kind of format to say writing a screenplay or something a lot different
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I like to have a variety of projects going on as you kind of got probably from the Mm -hmm. first question. I like to be making, like, I like to get up early in the morning, create something, whether that means I'm working on a video content or writing some like prose or writing a nonfiction or writing an article or writing a screenplay. Um, I've written a couple screenplays by myself. Some I've written with a partner. Whenever I can, I just try to make some accountability there. I've also got an assistant. I've almost like, I mean, she does a ton of stuff for me now, but in the beginning, I almost hired her just to have some more accountability to say like, (laughs) I'm going to get this thing done by Friday, you know, and it's, it's, it's a a kind of cheap way to, to make yourself accountable. Yeah. I I like to ask a lot of people that question too. And I think you just kind of get used to it. It is a little bit of a mental shift, but like one thing I talk about in the book is like the bigger shift almost than the formatting and stuff like that. which there is plenty of that there. It's transitioning from the writer to the editor in your mind. I feel like when people get really stuck and have writer's block, they're trying to edit too hard when they should just be writing. You should kind of separate those two processes. And for all these things, I spent a lot of like with the note cards, I spent a lot of time outlining. I've got, so I've got a stack of note cards next to me about my next book. And I'm really just kind of throwing them in a pile right now. I'm not really even, I've got an idea like a North Star, but I'm just throwing them to the side. Uh, promoting this book. So I'm doing some stuff around that. I'm co-authoring. I've done about 10 ghost books. I'm writing a ghost book, ghost writing book with another author. So that gives me some, he sent me like, I don't know, 80 pages of notes from his life. And then we're also kind of connecting it to his business. So that's like a whole different ball game. And then I've also got like a board of all the stuff I'm doing with the movie. And then I've got the, you know, the assistant is helping me with a lot of these things. So I really do always need something like physical in front of me. It's really hard for me to have everything digital. It's just like, I can't really think that way. And I heard David Sedaris say like, when you have a day of writing at your typewriter, even if nothing comes out, there's balls of paper on the floor at the end of the day. I feel like- (laughs) shows productivity. Yeah, there's something there. Like as opposed to like, I don't know, you can close your laptop or whatever, but it just doesn't feel the same. So I like to kind of bounce between things, work for other people as as often as I can just to kind of have things going. But I end up self-publishing this book. I did kind of I didn't shop this one around actually. I shopped a few around. And then as a ghostwriter, I was in like I've written probably ten books. One of them just hit number two on the Wall Street Journal list. But it's almost like more about who you're with and all that kind of stuff. And Uh, I got to like multiple meetings, like just pitching by myself and name dropping celebrities and everything else, but I don't have an audience. So I'm kind of starting to build that now. But then as a ghostwriter, I've been in meetings where the person I'm writing for has 100,000 people on Instagram, I can tell that the people buying the book don't really even care what the book is about. And that's kind of like a little bit heartbreaking. And the ironic thing is if you want to be an author, if you create a list of 100,000 people, you don't need traditional publishing anymore. So I'm kind of just navigating the waters. And I worked at ClickFunnels for a while. So I've written copy for people like Tony Robbins and Grant Cardone. And I've seen how they navigate these things and Russell Brunson. So I'm doing a lot of those similar techniques with some giving away a lot of free stuff. So at broxwinson.com you can get this PDF for free and get the audiobook for free. I'm doing the prolific challenge a couple of times this year. That's all for free. Uh, and then later, I'll eventually kind of have some type of mentorship or something like that, that people who really want to get down to it, or, you know, maybe they want to figure out like how to work on Upwork or something like that, that I can show them just because I've done a little bit of everything over the years.
0: Sounds like uh, all the things you're saying, <laughs> I'm just like, whoo my gosh you must be not exhausted obviously you've got an assistant as well but I mean how do you fit all that into what is your week like do you just have to do you just prioritize and it's like this is going to be ahead of this and I mean where does the podcast come into that as well is that a weekly thing or
1: yeah I almost think like I'm I'm trying to have an I'm trying to navigate that a little bit better now and kind of let my assistant take over more. So I like to like, for example, we're, we're honestly just now getting on Twitter, right? So I like to figure things out, which means like I'll give myself maybe two weeks to do whatever I want to do. I'll and I do video editing, stuff like that, too. So I'll make the reels, I'll write the quotes, I'll send it to a website or whatever and set up that foundation and then I'll pass that off to her. And I'm trying to delegate more and more often as I can. Some of these people, like I'll I'll be working with a partner or something, especially with screenwriting. So it's just like balancing your week. I used to try so hard to like, I'm going to do a little bit of everything every day and I'll break it up into hour intervals or whatever. But also in the book, like the maker and the manager schedule, that just doesn't work. If you're going to be a maker. I almost need to like, kind of what I've figured out recently is like, I can really only get about three things done. And I print out what I plan to get done for that month on a piece of paper. And I literally keep it in my pocket. That's what I'm doing now. And I've got a certain number of open spots in addition to that. And I kind of know that like, this is it. So if you write it down, you're, you're promising yourself, you're going to get it done. And meanwhile, you're thinking like, okay, some of these things have to pay the bills. Some are for fun. Some are going to happen later. And then finding that balance, everything works out, but it's, I change the process all the time. So if you talk to me in six months, it'll probably be different, but whatever seems to work, I'm, I'm constantly like tweaking and adjusting it. And, and I, I really does like you know, invigorate me to do a lot of different things though.
0: Yeah, I'm the same. I've just um, finished up at a job uh, like it was said technical script writing, but it was more like e-learning modules and things. And um, that was like, doing 10 honestly about 10 15 projects at once so i'm used to sort of shifting all over the place and then i try I've, I've gone back to being like no i just need to focus on one thing one thing at a time and then it's like no you get pulled in all di- different directions because you uh, you know yeah. you've got a, a, your hand in so many different things and uh, i've figured out that i'm someone who gets bored really easily as well so and to write yeah. a book takes a long time uh screenplays yeah. Uh, I've only ever written, say, one or something like that, but I think maybe that might be a little bit quicker, but I'm not sure um, for the process as well. But uh, ghostwriting, hats off to you. I feel, um, I don't know, is it hard for you knowing that you've wrote the book of someone so uh, famous, I guess, and then it feels like they're reaping the benefits, I suppose, of your work, but I (laughs) guess if it's their story, maybe you wouldn't feel that way, but... I don't know how I'd go with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, you know, you pretty much don't mention it. If there's NDAs and stuff like that. Sometimes I might use a little sample to apply for another job or something like that with the understanding of that. But it doesn't really bother me. I've probably written like eight or 10 that are like business books. And it's nice to get a text from the person or something say, Hey, we just hit this number or whatever it is. Um, But really it's, I don't know. It's like, I see it as an extension of the podcast a bit, like I've gotten so used to interviewing people and everyone works differently. Like the last person I worked with, um, he puts a lot of content out. So I was just kind of digging through social media to put the book together where some people want to be very involved. They might even kind of co-write some of it and I kind of let them do that. It's, it's really up to the person, the person I'm talking to now so he's a, he was a food importer in one of the big areas in, in America, uh, but he dealt with like hundreds of super famous chefs and that type of thing. He has an interesting take, but it's more of his personal take is he kind of just sees it as like egotistical a little bit to be the author. And if he's going to hire somebody, he likes the idea. So it would be something like where it's his name with Brock Swenson. That's kind of what we're talking about. And I, I'm almost like with ghostwriting, I'm trying to get where everything lines up with like a life purpose and and do more things in that direction. And, you know, I started doing books for like $2,500 total and they're pretty short. And then you can get up to like $10,000 and beyond, you know, and, um, but it takes a lot of time and it's like, at the same time, you can make more money, like building a landing page for somebody or something like that. So yeah, it's just really like finding that balance, like getting a few things that pay the bills and then, you know, if you can keep it in your mind the whole time that like, I really need to be going for things that interest me most, you're usually better off. Like the Craigslist thing, the magazine was crazy. Years after that, I was writing articles for like about the TV show, The Walking Dead for like 10 bucks a piece. It was like nothing. This guy built a massive website. We had a million people reading these things. I was started doing a Facebook show for him that like 60,000 people watched it. And then like sometime after that, he, he kind of referred me to the job I got, which led to like meeting Russell Brunson. And, and I got to learn marketing from John Parks, who's like the VP of marketing at ClickFunnels. So I think like whenever I really just explore curiosities, it's almost like taking a college course or something like that, except you're getting paid to do it. So it's almost always worth it. It's just like balancing all those things of like what's worth it and what's going to pay your bills and what do you really love to do? And then you kind of want to spiral upward and like keep doing more things you love to do. That's kind of the main goal.
0: Yeah, that's it. Oh, that's all sounds absolutely amazing. I do wonder about ghostwriting as well. I suppose like I take it, it's most common to just take like a chunk of money for the work up front. That's it. There's no royalties and things involved, is there?
1: Not royalties, yeah, It'd be like, or like milestones. You'd have it, you know, probably breaking it up or something, or you get paid one big amount at the end. Yeah. The only two, so there's, I've written two fiction books. One of them I kind of liked. It was a Western. That was when I was like, oh, I wish this was me. And they picked like a weird pen name. It was just some like ebook thing. And then this other one, this company asked me to write a book similar to like Fifty Shades of Grey. So it's kind of like, you know, for that audience <laughs> and that one, they were like, we really want to use your name. And I was like, OK, but it, yeah. was, it <laughs> wasn't really like I didn't really want them to. So there's like a book in Canada that I've written that's like a Fifty Shades of Grey book or something. But
0: I'll <laughs> we'll uh, have to look uh, that one up. <laughs> but yeah. I just mean like, um, so you're obviously paid for the work, but on the sales and things of these books, nope, mm-hmm. that doesn't work out that way.
1: No, like this, uh, this one I'm running now where I'm on the cover, it's probably something I could negotiate. I kind of pitched him. So like this guy's got a pretty, he's pretty well known, but he's not big on social media, but he's like, there's been New York times articles about him and different things like that. So I kind of pitched in a way where it's like, you can pay me three fourths of the, of the amount we agree upon to finish the book. And I won't take the last quarter unless I can help you actually get the book published. And for me, it's more like this is a route to getting published in addition to all the other things. So I'm just trying a multitude of ways to get in. The same with screenwriting. I'm making this documentary, just trying to break in as a writer-director, but I'm also like talking to the screenwriting coach that I'm writing two TV shows that are kind of in the same genre and we're trying to sell those at the same time. So like whenever you can hit a multitude of angles and and really just like I talk of in early in the book about inevitable success, it's the kind of thing like if you need to lose weight, you know, there's probably three or four things you can do. Like it's actually not as hard as you think. It's just like, can you be consistent and do it for the long haul? Basically, everything's the same way.
0: Mm, That's it. No, that makes absolute sense. Well, you are an absolute wealth of knowledge, Brock, on on many different (laughs) subjects. But Do you have any tips for authors and writers who want to succeed in the booking or the film industries? Any hot tips you'd be like, oh, I wish I'd known that then.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's more like like consistency, just like sticking with it. For those people that have just never finished anything. So the people who signed up for that challenge, like a thousand people joined, I mentored about 12 of them during the challenge. And I was really surprised because it's like kind of talking to myself like 10 years ago. It's like stuff I've forgotten that I had it was a problem. It's like, I'll talk to somebody and they're like, I want to be this type of author. And I'm like, great. Who do you read in that genre? And they're like, well, I don't read anyone. And I'm like, well, that's going to be an issue. So do all the obvious things that you know you should be doing. If you can't develop a habit, what I would say is like, don't try to go with words first, go by like a time. So like spend 10 minutes at your desk every morning at the same time or every night, whenever it makes sense for you. Do it every single day, do it for 30 days and just see how much it changes you. And there's a quote from Neil Gaiman that I I probably said 10 times during that challenge is like, you can sit in your desk and you can write or you can do nothing, but you can't do anything else. So that really just eliminates everything else. And eventually you're going to write something and it might be terrible, but then that's kind of moving to like shifting from the writer to the editor, but really just like the consistency is what leads to the the better version of you as a writer. And that's, that's really all that it is.
0: Yeah. That's amazing advice there. Tell us about the challenge a bit more. How many times are you, are you running it more towards, are you still going to be running it the rest of the year?
1: Yeah, we'll probably do it again in like September or something like that. We've ran it twice. We've had a couple thousand people um, sign up for it. So anyone who goes to my website, uh, brockswinson.com, get the book for free, and then you'll be on the email list. I'll let you know kind of what's next. So the next thing I'm doing is actually a Upwork challenge. And it's really for those people who just want to break in. Uh, So the first thing I'm doing is like a free thing. It's like, I'll show you how to get your first client in five days, guaranteed. And that's be the first thing I'm doing. And that's just a combination of like how to apply and bypass all the gatekeepers and imaginary gatekeepers in your mind and some of that stuff. But anyone on that newsletter list will kind of know what's next. And then once we run that challenge again, I'll let them know. We're also doing some stuff like how to write a nonfiction book in 30 days, how to write a movie in 30 days. A lot of a lot of things are just around like finishing the first draft. I think that's so important. And I'm trying to kind of all that's under of the Umbrella of just like being prolific.
0: Mm, that all sounds amazing. And so at the moment you said you can get like the audiobook for Ink by the Barrel free. Is that right? From your website? And yeah, the, the ebook p- or just the audio? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The PDF and the audiobooks all for free. I like I like the idea of that. So you can listen to the audiobook. Um, and then if you like, oh, what did he say about Jerry Seinfeld? Mm-hmm. You can just go do the search and, and kind of reread that and use it as like a reference book. And it's really meant that there are so many quotes and advice that just like, I call it barred authority. It's just like me scouring interviews and reading hundreds of books and everything else. So it's really meant to be like every page has some value on it. So I really want people to just kind of like take it in and then I'll write another book probably in about a year from now. That's kind of the goal.
0: Amazing. So will this remain free for like until you've got your next book out or just the end of the year or is there a cap on that or until you've built up enough audience or?
1: Possibly forever but our big goal is to give away a 100,000 copies in 2023. That's really what we're shooting for. So I've, I've been doing some different podcasts and some different promotions and um, yeah we're just trying to put it out there as much as we can and you know anyone listening go download it tell your friends it's all on broxwinson.com
0: Amazing. And can you share with us about the Creative Principles podcast as well? Where can people find that? And uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, it should be um, anywhere you find your podcast on SoundCloud and Apple and Spotify. It's just called Creative Principles. Principles is P-L-E-S at the end. I also write for Creative Screenwriting Magazine. You can go find that. If you kind of Google my name, all these things should pop up. And I'm also on uh, Twitter and Instagram, just at Brock Swenson. I'm starting to kind of post some some reels there, like some some of my recent conversations with like Peter Gould, who wrote Better Call Saul, or um, Diedrich Bader, who's on Lucky Hank, or So a lot of actors and uh, Thomas Jane, who's in The Punisher and lots of stuff. So lots of little teasers on there as well.
0: Yeah. My husband is addicted to his podcast at the moment, The Punisher's podcast. I think I'm not sure what it is, but... (laughs) <laughs> all f- when we've been traveling around he's he's only started getting into podcasts but he's like I love this podcast so <laughs> oh yeah all of the name drop well that is honestly thank you so much for all you've shared today Brock all your expertise and I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing and I'm sure our listeners will rush out and onto your website where everything is and uh, check out the podcast and everything that you're doing and your Fifty Shades of Grey book as well
1: <laughs> <laughs> thanks again I appreciate it
0: So there you have it, folks. The smooth sound advice there from Brock Swinson. Isn't he fabulous? So get on his challenge and go get his audiobooks and for free at the moment. Get some free amazing advice. Prolific writing. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we have the one, the only, Sinead Maripodi. <laughs> and she's sharing the do's and don'ts of a debut author. I wish you well on your author adventure this next week that's it from me it's bye for now that's the end for now authors i hope you're further forward in your author adventure after listening and i hope you'll listen next time remember to head on over to the hybrid author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass it's bye for now